Hello everyone, and welcome back to Doomed to Repeat It, the show where we pull news articles out of the ether and talk about how we've done them over and over throughout history and are probably going to keep doing them. I'm Jesse Forrester. Uh, this week I will be talking about court jesters, which will be super fun. Yay! I'm Charlie Hamlin. Uh, this week I'll be talking about uh, George Carlin and the Supreme Court. And I'm Cedric Tiggs. I'm the one that brought you the uh, beginning episode, the idea of the 3D printed guns. Right. And today I will be talking about offensive humor and some of the subcategories of said offensive humor. Nice. So what kind of spurned this topic was the James Gunn controversy, which at this point is kind of old news, but we don't care. Uh, everyone knows James Gunn was recently fired from Guardians of the Galaxy because of some tweets. Some old tweets uh, from years and years ago that he actually had already apologized for, mm. and then he apologized for them again, and they fired him. Yeah, I went back and read some of them, and they were uh, they were pretty poor humor. Like clearly, he was trying to be funny, but it, yeah. it was not. Yeah, well, it missed the mark. It was probably the early two thousands, and he was doing that whole edgy shock value humor that South Park had kind of started. Yeah, and I mean, I can't imagine how anybody at Disney saw Tromeo and Juliet and thought, "Oh, this guy's funny." Yeah, but at the end of the, end of the day, tweets are just ruining society. A little bit. You're not wrong. No. Yeah. So, uh, who wants to start out this week? I'll go. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> this story is about one of my personal heroes, George Carlin. Uh, I actually got the opportunity to see him live at the Fox before he passed in 2008, and oh, it jealous. was amazing. Oh, it was so good. But today we're going to talk about uh, George Carlin versus the Supreme Court. Mm. Um on July 21st, 1972, Carlin was arrested at a, at a festival, the Milwaukee Summerfest, and charged with violating state obscenity laws after performing uh, a little bit you may have heard of if you're a fan of George Carlin, which is the seven dirty, dirty words you can never say on TV. Kind of sounds like a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> Later in December of that year, the case was decided and dismissed. Uh, the judge ruled that Carlin's language was indecent, but the First Amendment protected his right to say it as long as he didn't create a disturbance, as long as he didn't, you know, run up there and shout obscenities to incite people to start fires and stuff. Which he right. Didn't. He just made people laugh. Um, however, when they came out with this ruling and said, well, you know, he's got the First Amendment right to say whatever he wants as long as people don't riot about it, everybody started doing blue humor. Everybody started doing really sexually explicit stuff. So, the day before Halloween 1973, radio station WBIA, owned by the Pacifica Foundation, mm. broadcast uh, part of uh, George Carlin's monologue from Class Clown, which is the album that it was on. It was mm. one of his first big, more progressive albums. Before he had done very clean-cut, like, suit. And you can't imagine George Carlin no. now. Like, clean-cut suit, making super super G-rated jokes. So uh, this radio station was broadcasting this as part of an educational piece on taboo language, which is important later. John Douglas, driving his 15-year-old son, turned on the broadcast not knowing what they were playing. 
Oh, no. He was offended by the language and wrote the FCC to complain that the radio station broadcast content not suitable for his son in the early afternoon. The FCC found that certain words Carlin said during the broadcast described, quote, sexual and excretory activities <laughs> in a lascivious manner and played it during the early afternoon when, quote, when children are undoubtedly in the audience, end quote. The FCC wrote a nasty letter to Pacifica Corporation and accused them of breaking broadcasting codes. Uh, but Pacifica said, no, it's part of an educational program. We're very sorry it happened, but it's fine. Uh, the FCC didn't let up and issued uh, basically a formal statement that Pacifica Foundation and WBIA was bad. And that if they did it again, they were going to get fined, they were going to get censored, they, were, they could get their license pulled. Holy crap. Yeah. The uh, Pacifica, even though no punishment had really been levied at them, fought it and went to the uh, D.C. Court of Appeals in the District of Columbia Court of Appeals. So you're telling me a little tiny radio station is willing to fight for oh, wait. somebody. They're okay. just at the D.C. Okay. Court of Appeals. Okay. They, uh, they went to the D.C. Court of Appeals and argued that it, the censorship was unfair. Uh, the court agreed and reversed the FCC's non-punishment. <laughs> Agreeing that their actions were specific, it was unfair. The FCC doesn't give up easily. If you've been following news, you know that's true. They're kind of a bunch of dicks. They're kind of a bunch of dicks. Yeah. In 1978, they took the case to the Supreme Court for the right to give Pacifica Foundation a dirty letter. The Supreme Court, on July 3rd, voted 5-4 to four in the FCC's favor. The judges argued that the FCC could regulate a broadcast for merely being indecent, not obscene, and could censor indecent language and content to protect American homes and families. Judge John Paul Stevens said, quote, We have long recognized that each medium of expression presents special First Amendment problems, and all of forms of communication, it is broadcasting that has received the most limited First Amendment protection. It was the first time the Supreme Court penalized a broadcaster for bad language over the airwaves and had a cooling effect on all of radio and TV. It's a lot of everybody, you know, if you've seen a lot of 70s TV, there's a lot of gritty cop shows and drugs and stuff. Yeah. And then all that kind of backs off. And that's because of this FCC verdict. Do you want to know the seven dirty words? I think you have to say the seven dirty words. I don't think we can have this podcast uh, about this topic without bringing up the seven dirty words. So if you have children and it's mid-afternoon and you don't want them to be damaged, then maybe turn this off. I don't but want to be censored by the FCC. Indeed. Yeah, we don't, we don't want the FCC to come after podcasts. So. so the seven words you can't say on television are shit, piss, fuck, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Wasn't that a song? I'm sure. I'm sure at some point, yes. Carlin wasn't really the singing type, so... No. Uh, I, I'm sure someone turned it into a... I'm sure a somebody made a folk song about it. So, no, I think that's interesting that, like, this small radio station was willing to go to bat for George Carlin. Yeah. Like, they had no... They, they could have just been like, well, sorry, see ya. Right. And it, wasn't, and it wasn't even him doing it live. It was right. a recording they broadcast. Right. He'd already been arrested for doing it right. live. And now, I mean, look look at shows like South Park. 
where they actually they had an entire episode where they had a counter where they said the word shit 161 times. <laughs> yeah, but that was after hours, so it was past the. It was like nine o'clock. <laughs> well, but for kids though. Right, I mean, it wasn't mid afternoon. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't mid afternoon on right. the radio on the way to work or something, yeah. or on the way home from work. Hmm. So, um, I went I went way, way, way back for my bit this week. I went back to the 1600s, y'all. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this huh. week, I want to talk about a specific person. Uh, this guy could be called the George Carlin of the 1600s, uh, to an extent, more like a Bill Maher. Oh, wow, okay. Mm, okay. Uh, Archibald Archie Armstrong. So Archie everybody Armstrong. called him Archie for so it's for the, the sake of this story, I'll, I'll call him Archie. Archie was a Scottish native who entered the court of King James I of Scotland, who later became King James VI of England and Ireland. So King James had an I and a, a VI. If there hasn't been a TV show about him, I don't know about him. Okay, so... <laughs> King James was the father of Charles I, who later was killed. Okay. So that's not spoiling this. That's just a fact. Like, Charles I was a little too religious and had his head chopped off. But we're going to start back at King James. King James. So Archie meets King James. He comes in as his court jester, as his fool. And James just thinks Archie's hilarious. He loves this guy. At one point, the king complained his horse was too skinny and mused that his horse should at least be as fat as one of his subjects. And Archie chimed in that the surest way to fatten up a horse was to make him a bishop. <laughs> so Archie is not a fan of the church. <laughs> Being Scottish, like right. the, the Church of England wasn't his thing. Yeah. So he would even go a little bit too far even for James sometimes. He would encourage kind of mock jealousy between James and his eldest son, Henry, by pointing out how many more courtiers like go with Henry when they part ways. And it was kind of rumored that this kind of upset James, but you know like in that way where one of your friends makes a joke at your expense and you're like, ha ha ha, but really inside you're like, oh man, that was really mean. <laughs> so kind of, kind of in that way. Unfortunately, Henry passed before James, so it was up to his younger son Charles to continue uh, the work of kinging. So it was time to get Charles married off. So Charles gets a whole party to go with him to Spain to marry a princess. And James is like, Archie, why don't you go too? Charles didn't want him to go. The, the Duke of Buckingham could not stand this guy because he's such a dick. But they send the, the damn court jester <laughs> off to this wedding in Spain. So it's like kind of weird that he's there anyways everybody's uncomfortable they get there and he's of course making jokes at the expense of the duke of buckingham and charles and the people of spain love him <laughs> like stories go back to england of things he did that never happened <laughs> but it's just like he becomes like this folk hero oh nice so that was an awkward time for everybody so yeah. they go back to england james dies and for some, for some reason, Charles keeps Archie as the court jester. And I'm like, at this point, he, he really can't like him that much. Yeah. And, and to understand, like, Charles is a bit religious. Like, as far as British kings and queens, like, Charles pushes the Anglican church on everyone a little too much. And at this point, 
there's sort of peace with Scotland and Scotland's part of the UK. So the, the crux of this story is Archie's relationship with the Archbishop of Canterbury, William Loud. I think I'm pronouncing that right, and I'm sorry if I'm not to people listening. William Loud was five foot tall. <laughs> Archie enjoyed referring to him as little devil because of this. It also really irritated Loud, and you know, any comedian loves to like really get under somebody's skin, yeah, especially yeah. when they're like offensive comedians. So the following exchange should have really come as no surprise to anybody, but that it ended in Archie's expulsion from court. So again, Charles wanted everybody to be Anglican, but most Scottish people were Protestant. So the king had written a book of prayer, a book of common prayer, uh, that was published, and the Scots were like, Haha, no, fuck that, I'm not reading it. <laughs> so Charles had the Archbishop of Canterbury, William Loud, and the Scottish bishops work on a Scottish book of prayer, because that would work. Uh, and it had to be approved by William Loud, the Archbishop. Upon publication, it was immediately denounced by the Scottish <laughs> people. Everybody hated it. They refused to use it at all. But in uh, 1637, a year after its publication and failure, Archbishop Loud was on his way to a meeting in court and Archie came up next to him. Being Archie, he made kind of a snide comment, which essentially translates to, I'm not, I'm not even going to try to like mm -hmm. say the old Middle English, whatever this is, but it essentially translated to, who's the fool now? Didn't you hear the news from Stryveling about the prayer book? Lots of nasty things being said about it. Again, not out of character for Archie, right? but eventually all comedians say the wrong thing to the wrong person. So later that same day, Archie is called in front of the court, not to perform, but because the archbishop is all butthurt. So Charles I and other important men are there. He gets banished from court forever oh in order to have his coat pulled up over his head. I don't know if that was a literal thing that happened at that time, but I've read a lot of things where they talk about pulling someone's coat over their head. So I'm not sure if it's a metaphor or not. They probably did it like really rough. <laughs> they probably did. They were probably like kicked Just, him out and then grabbed his coat. Right. It's probably yeah. like an ex like exposing someone like getting yeah. under their embarrassment type right. deal. So a few years later, Archbishop of Canterbury was found guilty of treason <laughs> and beheaded. Mm. Uh, about four years after that, Charles I was beheaded. Yep. Archie got to live another 23 years. <laughs> I'm about to say, don't say they And he wrote a play called Archie's Dream, which you can actually Google and, and read the script for. I mean, it's still in old yeah. English, but it regaled his tales of the manipulation of Charles's wedding to the Spanish princess and how much the Spanish loved him and all his mean controversies with the Duke of Buckingham and the Archbishop of Canterbury. <sighs> he was quoted saying, changes in times surely cannot be small when jesters rise and archbishops fall. Which Ooh. is very pertinent to our current situation. Yes. Uh, and my last little factoid here is he died in 1672 on April 1st. <laughs> this guy so, was committed. Yeah. So is that where we get April Fool's? No, no, no. It was oh. just, that was part of the funny thing, is like this court jester, who's arguably one of the most famous court jesters of all time, died on April Fool's Day. They already had April Fool's Day. Oh, okay. I was about to say, if that's where that comes from, that was a really <laughs> educational story. Right? Well, 
I hope it was educational. It was still anyways. educational. <laughs> I, it was very I enjoyed it. You know, you got to hear the very first stand-up comedian. Archie's tough. Yeah, he uh, that guy had some balls on him. Yeah, no kidding. And he actually made a lot of money. Like <clears> he he got in with King James and managed to get like giant plots of land, and he he died relatively wealthy for a guy who made his living making jokes in the 1600s. He, he did pretty well that for just himself. goes to show comedy pays, right? All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. So, offensive humor, I come to find out that there are varying different subtypes. Hmm. Charlie mentioned earlier about blue humor, which is, mm-hmm. you know, sexually explicit. Yeah. You have black humor, which is Ironically, not a racial thing. It's really more to do with, uh, you know, things like death, drugs, and other, you know, bad stuff. You have gallo humor, which is the same as, like, morbid humor, very macabre, you know, hush-hush type stuff. And uh, recently, we have a new one, sick humor. Mm. I did not know this at Mm. the time. Apparently, sick humor is basically... Offensive humor that is immediately after the aftermath of a catastrophe. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so people okay. joking about 9-11 the day after. Yeah, yeah things okay. like that. Um, the topic that I chose to uh, bring up on that note of a catastrophe, on March 11th, 2011, you know there was that, uh, that 9.8 earthquake that mm. hit over in Japan, which caused all the right. tsunamis. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 24 hours after that happened, a comedian by the name of Gilbert Godfrey, mm. we all know this man, he was uh, he was Iago. In a, and the Affleck Duck. And the he Affleck Duck, the so he was a very foul individual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway, he goes on Twitter 24 hours after this happened, and he posted 12 very offensive jokes relating to the tsunami. One of these jokes read as such. Japan is really advanced. They don't go to the beach. The beach comes to them. Oh, my God. God. That's just one of the 12 jokes. And that's a day after? And that is literally 24 hours after this happened. Now, after this happened, he had, as everyone knows, he was also the Affleck duck. For the insurance agency. After this happened, the insurance agency calls Gilbert Godfrey and tells them that they no longer require his vocal talents. Mm. So this ties in with our whole topic of the whole James Gunn incident. Right. James Gunn wound up getting fired over some tweets that he made. Right. Just like Gilbert Godfrey. Mm-hmm. And which is why I say social media today is destroying a lot of <laughs> a lot of creativity. This is true. And I also say that because back in the 1900s, you had a lot of upcoming stand-up comedians. And, of course, you would hear about certain sick sick humor jokes like this. It's basically through word of mouth. So you didn't have anybody who was, like, texting you the minute something tragic happened. These would all be jokes that you would hear about way on down the road, like six months from when it happened. Right. In a pub or whatnot, a guy come up to you, hey, did you hear the one about... The Black Plague, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then laughter ensues after that. Right. No, no. And then one of them dies. Exactly. <laughs> one of them dies an hour later. So anyway, um, that was the result of him firing. Now, you have 
Now, upon that happened, apparently one one other comedian came up to bat for him. Joan Rivers, of all people. Yeah. yeah. Of all people, Joan see. Rivers stepped up and yeah. basically went on record saying as such as, like, we're, we're comedians, we exist to basically make light of things that are tragic so we can help people get over right. this right. through laughter. Now, I actually enjoyed that statement, her saying that, because a lot of things that are tragic, very heavy to us, we do need to cope with it yeah. in a different way. Mm-hmm. Comedy is a, uh, is a coping mechanism. And as such, I also found a statement that was uh, pulled from Sigmund Freud. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sigmund <laughs> Freud. Freud. Yes. The father of psychology. He actually wrote a book a while back that actually stated a little excerpt about, you know, comedy being used. And the book is called uh, Der, Der Humor. D-E-R Humor. Right. So from this, he uh, basically argues that sick jokes were mechanisms by which the ego can ex- in, uh, insist that it cannot be affected by trauma of the external world. Hmm. Basically, what this means is we're all sick individuals. It's human <laughs> nature. Right. We're allowed to laugh at things we find funny. <clears throat> right. All right. The difference is, is just when it's abusive or something. Exactly. Right. Yeah, when it's aimed, aimed, when it's meant to hurt and be abusive, I think there is a line there. Yeah. And Especially, think, it, it, it could easily, I think with a lot of what we're talking about, can easily, like, go over that line into bullying. Yeah. When it's, like, pointed at a specific person constantly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, your opinions are allowed to change, and you're allowed to learn and grow. Like James Gunn. Like James Gunn. You know, the like you said, Joan Rivers came out for mm-hmm. uh, Gilbert Gottfried. The entire cast of Guardians of the Galaxy came out for James Gunn. And, I mean, I applaud that. I, You know, Disney has the right to hire him or not rehire him. I don't think they're going to rehire him. Um, I think they're going to stay on their ground. But at the same time, you know, I think that he, I don't know, I think he should be given a bit of a break because he has learned and grown from his experience. Honest, yeah. Honestly, I haven't even made a decision yet. Like, I've read the both sides and... For me, it's real tough. The fact that all of the actors came out, the main actors from Guardians came out and were like, please don't fire James Gunn. Yeah. That speaks a lot to his character. Mm-hmm. That they would all risk their own reputations and their own celebrity to defend him. I think that speaks a lot towards him in yeah. general. Also with celebrities, I think it's unfortunate celebrities are basically berated as such for whatever comments that they make, like Charlie mentioned earlier, we have the right to freedom of speech and we Mm -hmm. are protected to do so. Now, what I find interesting is that celebrities will get reprimanded for making these type of comments and things like that, but when you step out of the professional arena and step into the more, you know, basically down-to-earth... Layman. Yeah, Yeah. layman's Mm -hmm. arena, um, you have police officers, firemen... People in the medical profession, mm-hmm. they have morbid humor. They make jokes like this all oh, the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. And they're never really chastised or punished yeah. for it. And ironically enough, it's also because that's how they choose to deal with the 
tragic stress. stuff that they oh, see yeah. every day. The trauma. Oh, yeah. Right. But now, it's different. They're not tweeting about it. Right. Like, I'm sure if there were a doctor of a major hospital and, and some patient reported, like, hey, I just found my doctor's Twitter and it has all of these really yeah. horrible jokes. I think the hospital would be like, hey, uh, could you not? Yeah, right. Because that's associated with us. That's true. <laughs> and people have been fired for, I mean, layman people have been fired for. For making obscene. For tweets or Facebook things. Right. Like I knew a girl a few years ago who she had a photo of her when she was on vacation holding a glass of wine and a beer. And the student's parent at the school she worked at found that picture on her Facebook and reported her to the school system, and they fired her. I remember that. That's yeah, there was, she actually talked to like the news and everything. Really it became an article that. here. It I was mean, it was deeply messed up. This was ten years ago. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, if I had to teach a bunch of kids, I'd be two fisting every, <laughs> every time I was right. in the classroom too. It's just how you cope. Right, basically holding up my coffee. But last... I mean, unless she was sloppy in the in the classroom, I don't really yeah, see I don't what the problem was. The case. was. It was a yeah. picture of her overseas on vacation in yeah, like Ireland or that's something. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that is stupid, especially when you can clearly show that she's not in a classroom. Right. I think it was more of there was a young teacher and some of the moms didn't want her there around their husbands. Mm. I don't have proof of that, but that's yeah. kind of what it seems like. Yeah. Right. I just, I think that we're all going to have to start getting used to uh, living under a lot more scrutiny. I agree with that. I mean, I think it sucks, but I think I think true. the culture is changing, maybe for the better, maybe for the worse. But. Fair warning, if you go to my Twitter, I once retweeted Hillary Clinton, so. Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to get fired. All I do is retweet. I'm going to get fired from this podcast now, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about culture getting worse? Here's another little tidbit. Basically, with sick jokes, the internet has created a wonderful website called Sickopedia. What? Yes. Sickopedia. Yes, Sickopedia. I checked this. I checked this website out earlier. Fans who are listening, do not type in Sickopedia.com. They're going to now. Or .org. <laughs> type in .net. Oh, so anyway. <laughs> okay, you are directing them yeah. to it. So anyway, if you, you know, people are curious. They'll do whatever. So basically what this is, it is a collection of offensive humor jokes compiled by various people who go on there. And like Wikipedia, you yeah. can, you know, mm. upload your own material. Oh, <laughs> Sadly, well, sadly enough, really bad yeah, jokes. Sad, yeah, some of them are bad. Oh, I meant like, like and the like. This isn't a joke. Like, right, right? No, this isn't a joke. This is a real thing. No, I know. But unfortunately, two years ago, it crashed and was never rebooted or anything like That's, that. I just thought, I just thought that'd be a good little tip. You just directed tidbit. all these people. I did. I did. You're the worst. I did. They all went. So now they're going to Yes. Like. And then, I, now they're all disappointed. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> exactly. a little bit of humor for everyone. Well, nah. There's always 4chan. Yeah. <laughs> How about this? Does anybody know a offensive joke that they want to tell? No. <laughs> Anything? No? I got nothing. How do you... Okay. You put me on the spot, man. Okay. I got one. How do you get 100 babies into a Volkswagen? How? A blender. How do you get them out? How? A straw. 
Well, this has been <laughs> doomed to repeat it. <laughs> Thanks for listening this week, everyone, and we will see you in another week or two with a new topic. Bye. Bye. Later.